For the third year and counting, Richard Skipper has been celebrating the artists you love. Richard Skipper is all about celebrating life, art, and his guest body of work. Please join us while he showcases these diverse and talented individuals. Here's Richard Skipper. Happy Fat Tuesday, everyone. Who or what are you celebrating tonight? I am very excited because I have a great guest on tonight. I have been uh, delving into his life, his career, and his body of worth. And I have to tell you, uh, first of all, a big shout out to Rosa Puzo, who brought our guest tonight. And so I am so thrilled that this was able to happen. And it just so happened that it fell on Fat Tuesday. Now, I want to explain something to Howard Tucker. Fat Tuesday is derived from the fact that it is time to get all of the fat out of the house. You can all respond to that in any way you desire. But it's all about cleaning everything out so that we go into the Lenten season. And uh, so tonight, after this show, I'm going to have pancakes. Uh, it's my last big uh, indulgence before I start to slow down in terms of my eating over the next few weeks. But enough about that. Let's talk about our guest. It's such a, a great honor to have him here tonight because he has a cookbook. He is a teacher. He has written children's books. There's just so much to celebrate tonight. And uh, I am uh, going to bring him on right now. And I am so excited to sit down and talk with you. Because first of all, last night, and you know this to be a fact, we tried one of the dishes in your incredible cookbook, JC in the Kitchen. And I love it. And it was great. We had the lemon chicken francaise last night, and it was so uh, perfect. So, John. Yes. Who or what are you celebrating today? Today? Well, just like you with Fat Tuesday, uh, there's a recipe actually in the cookbook of a spaghetti pie it's on page 106 and 107 i'll give it a plug that we have every year since i was a child the day before ash wednesday because it's filled with cheese and it's filled with meat you know pepperoni so it's something that we have since i was a child so um that's how we celebrate today fat tuesday now who did you celebrate with today uh just family and friends we got together and it's a yearly tradition and then we will decide what we're going to give up for the next uh, 40 days. Oh, good. Now, what are you giving up, may I ask? Oh, boy. That's tough, Richard. I mean, <laughs> I, th I, think, I, think, I think cookies are my weakness, so I'll, I'll, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try that. And I will say you've got some great cookie recipes in this. I do. Episode. I do. After Easter to try those out. Uh, so, again, Rosa Puzo, you know, brought you to my attention, but... You're like Zelig. I mean, when I have gone through and I've looked at all of the celebrities, we're going to see some of them uh, pop up on screen. Uh, when I saw that you uh, broke bread uh, with Rosemary Clooney and George Burns and Jack Lemmon, uh, how jealous I am. But I want to ask you, and this may seem like a woo-woo question to kick off tonight, but do you believe in manifesting? Do you believe that you've manifested this incredible life that you've had? I absolutely do. As a kid, uh, I always enjoyed film and television. So I would write to everyone. 
I would just write, you know, maybe at the back of a magazine, they would say, here's where you can write to your favorite star. So I just started writing to people. And apparently I must write some nice letters because these people started contacting me. They started contacting my parents and asking to meet me, you know, whether it be they were performing here in New York or in Atlantic City or out on Long Island. And we would go. And then the relationship would just continue after that. So it was it's amazing. And it just snowballed even up until today. I make connections with so many people. I do want to tell everybody, you have an incredible, I've been listening also today to your interviews. Uh, I mean, you've interviewed everybody. Uh, we've crisscrossed a few. Uh, and there are some real good gets that I you know, wish that I had. But in any case, they were so incredible. And you really get in there because you ask the questions that everyone wants to hear. Um, I love the fact that you and I have one thing in common, and that's that we're not gossipy and that we don't go down that path. Um, has that always been a rule of yours? Or uh, I, you know, I call it celebrating these artists. Uh, do you, I mean, you obviously must feel that you're celebrating them as well. Right. So the podcast is called Up Next with John Contratti, and I'm on my second season. And just to backtrack a little bit, uh, how it came to be, as you mentioned earlier, I was a school teacher. And uh, my final year of teaching, I taught for 31 years. Um, it's something I always did in my classroom. My students, since I know actors and famous people, my students always interviewed these people. Whether it be in person, they would come to the classroom through Skype or Zoom. So the last year of teaching, the height of the, height of the pandemic, I was an in-person teacher when many people were virtual. So how am I going to make it fun for 16 kids in a classroom that we had to stay in all day and stay together? So knowing people and reaching out, I got you know over 30 of the most amazing people to Zoom into the classroom and my students would interview them. I mean, Henry Winkler, Carol Burnett, the, the list is endless. So when I was getting towards the and end- I want to say thank you because you are also letting these kids know about those that have come before us. Right. So that's good. So kudos to you yeah. for that. Yeah, they they did their research and then they were more than happy to do it for, for us. So when it got towards the end of the school year, Bonnie Hunt was one of our guests. So she says to me, well, what are you going to do now? You know, I said, I don't know. I have a few ideas. You know, I want to maybe get back into acting. I always wanted to do that. So she said, what about a podcast? Since you're so good with the kids interviewing people, why don't you do it on your own? So that's how mm -hmm. my show came to be. And to get back to your question, yeah, I my questioning, I want them to feel comfortable and happy. I was talking with somebody today who might be on my show and talking about some of the things that they wouldn't want to talk about. And these are things I would never even think of bringing up. So, um, yeah, it's not and my personality. It that they would even have to bring that up. Right. But the, but the list of people, like you said, I mean, I, I'm always amazed by the people I've met that I know and the people that are coming on my show. I know you said you look through some of the names. It's just amazing to me. Carol Burnett. <laughs> now that is the big, that's one of the Holy Grail interviews for me. So right. God bless you that you got her. I've been wanting to get her on this platform for the longest time. So congratulations on that. I want to go back to something that you said earlier. Um, you know, I want to go back to when you were, let's say five years old. And those who watch the show know that I believe that the five-year-old is the purest self. 
It's before life begins to tell you who you should be and who you shouldn't be. Teachers, peer pressure, all of that that goes into that. Tell us a little bit about what you were like at five years of age. At five years of age, I think I knew I wanted to be a teacher. I liked school, going to kindergarten. I liked playing school. You know, kids like to play school. Uh, I always had to be the teacher. I would never be the student. I always had to be the teacher when I played. So becoming a school teacher was in me. I had a first grade teacher, Mrs. Barnett. She was a leap year baby. So when I had her, she would have been 64, but she said she was 16. And, <laughs> and she was an amazing teacher. So she put me on the path at first grade. I mean, six, seven years old. So I knew from then. But as I got was getting older, I loved television. I loved film and going to the movies. My parents, we go to the movies every week to see something. And I knew I liked that as well. So what I did was then I, I went to the HB Studios in Manhattan to study acting, but I also went to Hofstra University to become a teacher. So Good for you. I mean, my first grade teacher, Miss Meredith, uh, had such an impact on me as well. Uh, and God bless you. Uh, everyone knows that teachers are the most overworked, underpaid profession out there. So congratulations for 31 years of doing this. Thank you. But I want to go uh, you know, back also. Um, you knew very early on that you wanted to be a teacher. Uh, did that have a higher pull for you than the world of acting and show business? At one point, I think it was probably 50-50. And then when I got into teaching, maybe it became 70 teaching and then maybe 30 with the acting and the entertainment industry. I always kept my foot in the entertainment industry. I, I'm one of those teachers who went to work an hour and a half before I really needed to be there, setting up and doing my thing. And then I would stay late sometimes, but sometimes I would have to leave early because I would get invited to these most amazing things. And I wanted to stay involved with things in Manhattan and the entertainment world. And I'd get home at a very late hour, but still I'd be at school the next day. You would never know where I was the night before and who I was with because I would just get back into my teacher mode. God bless you. Uh, I love the fact that you said that your parents used to take you. Uh, did you have brothers and sisters or do you I have, two have, older brothers I have two older brothers? Yep. Yeah. And so I can imagine the family getting together and going to the movies. In those days, I'm thinking not that long ago, uh, was when we went to movie theaters when it was just one theater instead of the Cineplex. Right. I mean, we just heard the other day that Stella Stevens passed away. So when I was seven years old, I, I could tell you the day, the time we went, we went to see the Poseidon Adventure, which still scares me today. Those type of movies scare me more than horror movies. And we would go as a family to see those films. And um, and then as my brothers got older, they're a little bit older than I am. You know, they would go out with their friends. So I, I'm the youngest one. So my parents and I would go see everything, you know, all the new Disney films that came out. And, and then as I got older, you know, certain movies I was able to see then. Yeah, I remember when The Poseidon Adventure was sold to ABC Television, and it was the first time it was shown on television. And I had the same uh, feeling that you did. It just scared that you know what out of me. Um, but you mentioned again also earlier that you, in the back of the magazines, and I got those magazines too, we probably got the same magazines. Like photo, maybe, maybe a photo play, maybe magazine or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. And who was the first celebrity that you reached out to? The first person who I ever wrote 
too, and who I still know today, was Ann Gillian. I really enjoyed the TV series Making a Living, which yes. was on ABC. And I wrote her a letter. And, um, you know, and she wrote back. She sent the autographed picture. And then I wrote back again, like a little pushing, I guess. And then one time she put at the end, P.S., what's your phone number? And I'm like, oh, boy. So I sent it. I sent it to her, and one night um, it was about it was twenty to ten Eastern time. So it was about twenty to seven California. The phone rang, and I just like picked it up. I was probably like maybe dozing off, and I said hello, and then I was like, well, "Who's this?" And she says, "This is Angelian." So from then on, and then we've met numerous times, you know, wherever she was performing, and I've stayed in touch with her and her husband Andy for the other day. I mean, I was emailing him. She just had a birthday not too long ago. So yes, yeah, yes. Angelian was the first person I ever wrote to. And when I saw that happened, I'm like, I'm going to write to a lot of people and see what happens. And then George Burns' secretary, a man by the name of Irving Fine, who's like a producer as well. Yes, contact, yes. Con yeah, contacted my family. And, um, and then we went to Atlantic City to see George. And then I would stay in touch with him and talk to him on the phone. And then, you know, as it got later in his life, then, you know, he was more quiet and get to speak to him on the phone. So I would talk to other people that were in the house. What was the reaction from your parents and from your friends that you were hobnobbing with these celebrities? You know, my, my parents, I mean, you know, were always amazed. You know, you pick up the phone and Jay Leno is on the phone. I mean, it's really b bizarre in most people's minds. And they enjoyed it. You know, my father was always like, all right, well, where am I driving you now? Where are we going? So, you know, he was the driver. So he would get me there. And um, sometimes relatives would come. My brother and sister-in-law, I was invited to meet the Pointer Sisters in the 80s. Wow. So my brother and sister-in-law came and yeah. So it, it was a big deal. And then as I got older, I was able to do it on my own. I was able to go into Manhattan and see a Broadway show. And I would be invited to go backstage after the, the show to see whoever was performing. So then I started doing it on my own. So you did make the decision to become a teacher. And when you first began teaching, uh, I mean, was it everything that you thought it would be? Was it not what you thought it was going to be? What was that like stepping into those shoes? In the beginning, I mean, from the very beginning, I loved it. I just couldn't get enough of it. I, I just enjoyed creating things and teaching the kids. And every year you have a new class. But I will tell you, and it'll lead into the cooking part of my life, by the time I got to year 20, I think in any job, you need to uh, reboot yourself. You need to mix it up a little. So in year 20, I was like, well, I got to do something different because I feel, didn't I just teach this yesterday? I mean, it was a year ago, but I felt like I just taught it yesterday. So I need to do something different. So I started cooking in my classroom. Nothing huge. But I now, how did the idea come about that you started teaching? I mean, that you started cooking in the classroom? Well, I think I was teaching fractions in math. And I'm like, you know, just there are certain ways you could do it. And I'm like, well, wait a second. Why don't we use measuring cups? And why don't we have an end product? I mean, I could bring in measuring cups and we could just say one half plus one third and whatever. Why don't we make something? And my parents, I mean, they, they were so great because we would make certain things that need to be baked. They would come to the school, pick it up bring it home, bake it for me, and then bring it back. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, and something, I got some of the parents to do it. Parents would run to the school and run home to their oven. So that's how I started cooking different things in the classroom. And it really helped with math. 
And then I sort of got- What was the reaction from the kids when you came in and, uh, one day and said, we're gonna cook today? Oh, they loved it. And I, it really helped. I, it really helped with their math grades and they understood it better instead of just the paper and the pencil. Not that I'm knocking paper and pencil, you need paper and pencil, but they really got into it. And it, you know, it was, it was something else that I guess I created to just put me on a different path of other things in my life. But do you think that it was a whim that you were having at that moment? Or do you think this was something that you really thought through long and hard before you made that first move to do so? Well, I knew I liked to cook. And, you know, I believe that a teacher should bring into the classroom outside things that they enjoy doing. So the kids see us as, you know, full human beings. We're not just, mm -hmm. you know, you know, some kids think maybe we sleep there. I, I don't know. But I wanted them to know all the different things I liked. And I would show them old TV shows and old films. I mean, I followed the curriculum. I did everything I was supposed to do. But I wanted them to know everything else that, that was out there for them. And Now, where did you teach? I te taught on Long Island, uh, New High Park, Garden City Park. Mm -hmm. And it was um, it was good school district. And I had great administrators all the whole entire time. And I'm very thankful they just let me do what I did because they knew I was doing my job over way beyond. There's and a whole conversation going over on in the comments section that has nothing to do with what you and I are talking about. Right. Everyone pay attention, please. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it was um, very interesting. That's, that's wonderful. Uh, you know, when I was growing up, I grew up in South Carolina and it was rare, if ever, that I ever saw one of my teachers outside of the uh, of the classroom. Uh, and there was this mysterious thing about the fact that we didn't know a lot about the teachers. It seems to me um, that that's changed a lot. That you know, there's after school things that teachers do with the students and everything. Uh, at least that's what I hear and believe. Um, do you think that that's changed a lot or was it the same thing when you were teaching? Um, what do you mean? With the kids realizing that teachers are real people? No, that you, I mean, this connection that teachers have outside of the classroom with their students. Um, sometimes. I think it does reflect on the things that you do. Um, I think it depends on the class that you have each year. Every group of students is different. You, you get to, you get a, you get to try it all over again every September. So it's it's different when um, my final year of teaching, I had the most amazing, receptive bunch of students I've ever had in my entire career, which is, you know, for your last year, you would hope you'd get a class like that. And it was like the, the, the best. I mean, I've had lots of great classes, so I know they're watching. Um, but my last year students were the most amazing group of kids you could have ever asked for. Was it easy to let go of that? I mean, I knew that you did it for 31 years, but uh, what was the deciding factor for you? I think it was, I mean, you would never know COVID was going on when you would enter my classroom. And that was my job. That was my whole job. I wanted the kids to walk into the room and totally forget what's going on out there in the world. And they did. I mean, you come to school every day and you know you're going to be interviewing you know, Val Linda Carter, Wonder Woman. It's uh, mm -hmm. it's pretty cool to come to school every day. So um, it was hard to let it go a little bit, but I knew I wanted to go and do other things. So I, I dedicated myself 
31 years to my students and I loved it. But then you think to yourself, okay, it's my turn now. What else do I want to do? Well, I mean, the cooking led to other things. I'm going to bring up a couple of things here that I want to show with everyone. I mean, first of all, you've written two children's books and a cookbook. Right. Um, did the same, obviously, they're very different genres. I know that. But in terms of the process of committing yourself to these projects, is it the same type of a situation or is it completely different? It's a little different. I mean, when I first started writing my first children's book, which was Cooking with Mr. C, it's basically about a teacher who cooks in his classroom. So sort of came from my, my life. And then after it was released, it, it did better than I thought. And that led to Mr. C Takes Manhattan, about a school teacher who takes their students into Manhattan on a field trip and takes them pretty much everywhere you could possibly go in the city including to see, um, you know, Broadway show, which I, me and other teachers, we did for years, we would take them and do that. But when I was cooking in the classroom, I got discovered um, a woman by the name of Lucinda Scala Quinn came to my classroom. She's cook and she worked for Martha Stewart and Stewart. And she had a um, cooking show on the Hallmark channel called Mad Hungry. And when they heard I was doing that in my classroom, I got invited to go on the show and cook on the show and you know it just led to a cooking blog and then eventually how did they hear about that? how did they hear about it um a lot of newspapers would pick up on different things i was doing in the classroom we had a publicity person in the district so we wind up in newsday and like local papers you know one time i think we were in the times when last year when all the kids my last year of teaching we were all over the place about all the famous people that the kids were interviewing so it mm -hmm. um it gets out there. Well, I have a question here uh, from Danielle, and mm -hmm. she want to, uh, wants to know, what was your biggest hope for your students? Biggest hope for my students every year is that they can see that they have potential in whatever they're interested in doing, basically, because they all have different abilities, and you have to play on that. And I like to know from the very first day of school what their interests are, so I have all that material in the classroom. And, you know, and let them be who they are and share the things that they like. I mean, I know you have show and tell in kindergarten. I think you should have show and tell up until like sixth grade, you know, because, you know, they discovered. I think you should have show and tell up to 62 at least. Okay, we'll do that. <laughs> so uh, these, the children's books, let's start there. First of all, were you writing these while you were still teaching or did this come after the fact? Well, this is all going on while I was teaching. Everything, even up to the cookbook, the cookbook was finished while I was finishing my last year and then came out, you know, at the end of you know, 2022. Well, you just made a sale because uh, Natasha just ordered cooking with Mr. C for her niece who loves to cook. Well, thank you, Natasha. So, I appreciate that. Thank you. We, we both do. Um, so once you are out of the classroom, was it an easy transition? I mean, you did of these interviews with these celebrities while you were in the classroom and everything. All these other elements, all these other hats that you wear, was it an easy transition for you as far as moving out of that? I know that you started doing uh, work in films. You uh, were uh, in Flawless, had a walk on in that. Uh, I auditioned for that film, by the way. Didn't get it, but you did. <laughs> so um, was it an easy transition for you to finally go out there 
and start doing these other aspects of your life that you had dreamed about and thought about? It, you know, it was pretty easy. I didn't know how I was going to feel the following September when school would come around. And actually, I was so busy with the podcast that you need when you retire, this is just my opinion, you need to have something to do. Mm-hmm. You know, you have something that you know you want to do comes the fall. If you, I mean, if you happen to be a teacher, you know, the fall comes around, you get into the mode of going back to work and now it's not there for you anymore. So I, I had a lot to do. And like I mentioned, I, I had gotten an offer that I turned down, actually. Everyone says, why would you turn it down for a film playing a teacher? I think I could have done that. I think I could have pulled that one off. But I turned it down. It was out in California. And just the time and the location, just I couldn't do it. But I think maybe, you know, it'll lead to other things. It wasn't meant to be, maybe. So, um, but no, leaving teaching, it might have been difficult the, the last day. It's hard to say goodbye. And you might think about it for a week or two after. But once you get into the groove of a new life or, and doing different things, it mm-hmm. um, it was it was pretty easy. And I'm still in touch with my last class. I saw them yesterday, actually. So um, and some of my teacher right. friends were still, you know, it's still a part of my life. I think about it a lot. But um, this new life is um, it's pretty cool. What's going on? That's great. I want to talk about, uh, I want to bring up a couple of comments and questions that we have here. And uh, Frances says that when she was going to school, no one was interested in her her as a person. Your books uh, sound fantastic. Um, I was very fortunate. You know, I was like the teacher's pet. uh, That might surprise some people. I mean, I loved, I loved going to school. Um, I loved my teachers. I was very fortunate with all of the teachers that I had. And I also think how lucky I was at the time that I went to school to have the types of teachers that I had who took a genuine interest in me. Uh, In some classes, some teachers, if they're not great teachers like yourself, uh, may teach the class as a collective as opposed to individuals. How were you able to differentiate and do the, uh, and treat each student as their unique self? It's, it's, it's a lot of work. And if you're a dedicated teacher, you'll do it. And mm-hmm. I know many, I have, I have lots of friends who are teachers and they're great teachers. And you just know that's what you need to do if you want to have a successful year. And some kids are quiet. And sometimes there'll be a quiet kid. And by the end of the year, the parent says, my child is no longer quiet. I said, well, I'm, I'm sorry. But, uh, you know, they came out of their shell and they, ha- they have interests. They have, they have opinions, you know, not to mention names. I mean, I had a group the second to last year of teaching and they would interview lots of famous people. Not as many as the, my last class, but I had some girls in my class who were very, they had strong opinions. Like after they were done with the interview on what they thought of the person they interviewed. And nine out of 10, I agreed with them as we were very thankful for all these people. I mean, the list is endless of people over over my career. Were these opinions, excuse me, based on what came through the interview or was it based on what they had heard or read about these people? No, what came through in the interview and how the person came across. So very insightful students especially my girls that year. And I tend to agree with them. I mean, everyone was 
always lovely to, to us, but I could see where they were coming from. I mean, so kids are bright, you know, you, you have to listen to the kids out there. You know, they know what they're talking about and um, you have to have a good ear for kids. Well, I love the fact that you had a discussion. Uh, you, this was a learning tool. So yes. obviously you had discussions about these people afterwards. Who was the biggest get that you had when you were teaching that you could not believe said yes to you? I had Fran Drescher come to my classroom. That was pretty big. At, wow. At, yeah. Her and her husband at the time, Peter. Um, yes. Yeah, they came out to my classroom because at the height of the nanny period in the mid-90s, my students loved the show, as, as I did, and I still watch the reruns. And I, I contacted them. I said, you know, you have a class here. I'm sure many other classes around the country that, you know, just love your show. And she said, all right, the next time I'm in New York visiting her parents from Flushing, Queens, yes. um, <laughs> I will come to your classroom. So I was like, okay. And you want to believe it. I, there were a few naysayers when I told people, I said, she's going to come to the classroom. And they were like, ah, she's not going to come. Uh, she came to the classroom. CBS News came to the classroom. It was a big event. But uh, Henry Winkler was always the favorite every year to Skype and Zoom into the classroom. Henry's the best. Uh, yeah, I have a photograph of Hugh, you and uh, Henry here. Oh, Let me pull it up. Which one do you have? Um, yes. Uh, well, there are, there are a few there, here. There are I've few got so uh, photos. Uh, let me bring up a few of the photos, okay. and you can just uh, give your first impression of what pops into your head okay. as we do this. Okay. Just to give everyone a, a, a glimpse as to uh, the hobnobbing. It's incredible. Oh, the hobnobbing. Okay. Uh, no, that that's not. Well, uh, I don't know yours. That's one of mine. Damn. So, oh, Dame Judi Dench. Yeah, yeah. She, very nice lady. She was in a Broadway show called Amy's View. And I wrote to her and I was like, well, I don't think I'm going to hear anything. So I knew Kay Ballard. I don't know if you knew Kay Ballard. Oh, and yes. Kay yes. Ballard would say to me, oh, and I told her and she said, oh, she's going to write back to you. I'm like, how do you know that? She said, I know she'll, she'll write back. And she did. And I got to meet Dame Judi Dench. That's, that's incredible. Uh, and I look at this. Uh, I don't know who yeah. has better eyes. I have to be honest with you. Oh, so. This, this is like maybe the third time I met Mary. I had met Mary years ago. She was in a Broadway show with Lynn Redgrave called Sweet Sue. And then this picture of me and Mary, we were at the opening night of Annie Get Your Gun, Bernadette Peters. And we sat together at, at the party afterwards at, uh, I think we're at Tavern on the Green. And behind Mary, I don't know if you can see, can you see who's hiding behind Mary? Is that her husband? Well, uh, well behind me with the glasses is her husband. But yes. behind her, you see someone crouching down behind her who's, who's that? that that's joel gray he was at our table also oh i mean one of the nicest uh men out have you interviewed him i have not i would love to so uh, richard if you know him such a, a great great guy uh oh chaz yeah another nice guy yeah you know chaz and i did a lot of theater together we did uh -huh. the shrew together we did a musical called uh the king's men uh and you're absolutely right one of the nicest people on the planet yeah, this was, um, I was invited to a actor's event where they were honoring Sally Field and Danny DeVito that night. It was, it was a great night, yeah. And you know, you two could pass for brothers in this picture. Yeah, I guess we could. Yeah, that's a great picture. Tim Minchin, he wrote the music for Matilda on Broadway. Yes, I was. I watched the musical last night on Netflix. How was it? I didn't get to see it yet. Yeah, it's, it, it, well, it's, it's fun. It's, uh, mm -hmm. 
I mean, Emma Thompson will surprise you. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, just completely out of uh, her uh, normal performance. Ah, uh, yes. Kristen Chenoweth in the Charlie Brown days. Sure. Yes. Yes. Yeah, just lovely and still is lovely. Ah, uh, Regis. Yeah. I don't look very happy in that picture. Well, again, I think, you know, it, I, th I think of the movie Zelig because it seems as if you take on their personalities. Again, I think you could be brothers in this picture. Yeah, maybe. Oh. And I love this. Clooney. Come out of my house. Rosemary Clooney. So she would always ask me to, to see a copy of my report card. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> she always wanted to make sure I was doing well in school. And um, I would make a photocopy of it, and I would mail it to her. Wow. God Unreal. Well, she seems like a, an Earth Mother type of a character. Mm -hmm. uh, person. Uh, my Kim Cattrall, I don't care what people say, the loveliest. So kind. I love her. She is the nicest person, and I've seen her a few different times, and this is when uh, well, Private Lives, I guess. Did she do, was that, she did Private Lives on Broadway? Yes. Yeah. She's just, she's lovely. I mean, I just think she's great. Ah, uh, Meredith Vieira. No Meredith for a while, a few different times. Did a charity thing with her. And then she invited me to her talk show um, a couple of years back when she had a talk show. Wow. Yeah. I thought that I had the picture of uh, Henry Winkler. I don't. I, yeah. thought, I, I thought that I had uploaded. But, but, but Henry, I, Henry was on Broadway with John Ritter. And I wrote him a letter saying that, you know, I grew up Tuesday nights, pajamas on the living room floor watching Happy Days. And uh, he said, would you like to meet me? And I said, absolutely. And I met him and then known him ever since. And then he wrote, he wrote children's books. So that was an attraction also for me and my students. He has a whole series of books that he uh, wrote. It was actually him and Julianne Moore who pushed me into start writing my children's books. And my second book, is dedicated to the two of them, actually. That's wonderful. Now, let's talk about your cookbook. Okay. Um, it is Fat Tuesday. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, food is the universal, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It it brings us all together. Mm -hmm. uh, it ties us together. It connects us with each other. And as I look back uh, over, uh, and I've been very, very fortunate myself to break bread with some of the people that I've admired, uh, just sitting at a table and hearing them, their stories, uh, and then talk about the business and everything. There's nothing better for me. Um, and you know, when many of uh, my friends that are watching now, um, sitting at my dinner table, I love to cook. Uh, I love, uh, to me, I don't need material things in my life, but dinners with friends, to me, it's the greatest thing in the world. It is. I agree with you. I always found cooking, they say, it's like therapy. It's, I find it relaxing where some people would just say, oh, it's too much. Um, I, I don't think I'm speaking at a turn. It's like when you're a guest on my show or I get to meet people, I'll, I'll send you a book. I'm more than happy to send people a book. So I send it to Ruta Lee. She says, well, maybe I'll make a salad. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, make one of my salads, Ruta. So, uh, but yeah, I, I find it a relaxing thing to do. Ruta is, I mean, she's a lot of fun. She um, but she says her favorite thing to make is reservations. Yeah. <laughs> so I have to ask, because uh, the one thing that I don't like is the cleanup. 
do you have someone else who does that or do you enjoy doing that? Uh, well, if I have a family event, I mean, I have sister-in-laws and stuff who always get up and, you know, family will help. But sometimes it depends. Sometimes I'm in the mood just to do it all. Or, but you have to be very, I mean, you don't have to be, you have to be a very organized cook in my opinion. You know, I'm very organized being a teacher. I was a little overly organized. But I think with my cooking, I'm also organized as well when it comes to setting it up, cooking, and cleaning up. And, you know, uh, Danielle is asking, where is your show? You have a YouTube channel and you have your iPod. I mean, your um, your podcast that you're I doing. I have a podcast, right. Uh, so, and, uh, so all of that information uh, will be on my YouTube channel. So please uh, check it out. And uh, great interviews. Um, I listened to uh, the interview today with Don Most. Uh, yes. Don, you know, we, the first time I interviewed Don, uh, we, it was Don and Linda Pearl and we had dinner at Sardi's okay. and it didn't feel like an interview because I just turned the tape recorder and we just sat and talked it just yeah. the greatest. I was talking with Linda and Patrick Duffy a few weeks ago. I, I, re- I interviewed the two of them, both of them lovely. And then they have the, you know, Linda and Don have that connection from that movie, crazy mama with Cloris Leachman back then and then she was on happy days as happy well days yeah. well yeah. yeah so great well, no uh i saw that you had interviewed them and that's good that's next on my list to listen to uh linda is a very dear friend of mine so uh that's wonderful the cookbook um yes. what was the inspiration for you to sit down and these recipes um the recipes that are in the book um i'm sure are tried and true recipes uh throughout right. your life um but what was the inspiration to sit down and finally write this book? Well, like most of the recipes are family traditions, things that I've had since growing up. And then as I started experimenting myself, you know, I would write things down. After I did that cooking show on the Hallmark Channel, I started a cooking uh, blog, Cooking with Mr. C, it was mm-hmm. called. And a lot of the recipes were on there. And I'm like, well, maybe I should tweak some of them and try doing something a little different or change something. So that's what I started doing with the cookbook. It took about two years to do, you know, because I wanted to, there are 80 recipes in the book and I really wanted to decide which ones I thought were the best. And I got some people to come over and taste and say, well, which one would you put in the book? Which one wouldn't you put in the book? So um, yeah, it was a lot of work to do, but a lot of family traditional recipes. And then a lot of things that I just um, put together myself. Is a cookbook harder than a children's book to get out and get published, or is it the same type of energy? You know what's harder? My fourth book that's coming, which is a novella, an adult novella. That's harder than the cookbook, which I thought it'd be easier. But um, the cookbook was harder because um, I did all the pictures as well, the photography. My children's books, I had an illustrator. You know, I had someone illustrate that. Mm -hmm. So um, the cookbook was more time consuming. I would definitely say definitely time consuming over the children's books. John, with all of the hats that you've worn and are still wearing, which hat fits you the most comfortably? I think I could put a couple of hats on my head and they would all fit comfortably. Truthfully. I, I mean, I enjoy writing. I really, I can really sit there are times where I, I just can't write. I just get, I just can't do it. And then there are times I could just sit in front of the computer for days and just keep writing. Um, 
teaching came very naturally, very easy. That's why when I was going into the HB studios and, and teaching came up, I'm like, well, I got to go with the teaching right now because it's here. It's, you know, I'm, it's something I was realistic. My acting teacher, I don't know if you knew Bill Hickey, William Hickey. Oh, of course. I, I went to HB too. Yeah. He was my acting teacher and um, he knew I had gotten offered to become a teacher. And he said, well, of course you're going to do that. I said, well, of course I am. He said, but you know, keep up with this as well. You know, teaching is acting. I'm on, you're on the stage every day. So, um, it, with all the celebrities that you brought into the classroom, mm -hmm. was there an underlying theme with all of them? I mean, there's a different vibe when someone is being interviewed, such as you and I are doing right now, than it would be being in a classroom situation with the students asking questions. Did you know, did you have a list of what the questions would be prior? We or did they just raise their hand. What was the format? No, we would research the person. They had to research the person and figure out where, where they came from, where they were born. Not that they would tell them. They said, well, that'd be a good question to start off with. You know, where were you born? What kind of student were you when you were our age? You know, so those are questions. Going back, not to mention names, going back to the my girls who were not happy with one of the people that they interviewed, this person later on, of, of the hundreds of people my students have interviewed over the years, this person told me, did you ever think, mate, she said to me, it's a she, um, do you take any suggestions? I said, well, of course. She said, do you ever think of letting the kids just ask whatever they want? And I'm like, no, because that's not my process, my process is to show them, you know, research and how to go about it. Maybe I'm discovering a uh, future journalist, you know, they really worked hard. Some kids harder than others, but would really work hard and finding out as much information that they could find on these people and then put questions together. And then as a class, we would say, which questions are we going to use, you know, it was a very systematic situation. So, I mean, I guess in one sense, I agreed with those girls, but afterwards the person said to me later on when we were uh, texting each other, you know, if I would take uh, any suggestions, which I always do, but mm -hmm. I may not agree with it. But the overall of all these people, kindness. The overall exactly. theme was kindness. Of Everyone was just so kind to children which was so great to see. I mean, who, who wouldn't be most likely kind to a bunch of students in the classroom? Who was the first? I mean, the first one who said yes to you. The first person who said yes. Um, I mean, in the classroom. In the classroom. Um, it was a chef, Lydia Bastianich. Yes. Lydia was the first, but she came to the classroom. She came out to the classroom. She was like one of the first to do it for us. And then, then came Fran. And um, and then a lot of other people. I mean, I had three. I know you're a big TCM fan and you want to be a TCM host, don't you? <laughs> yes, yes. I know you do. I know I know three of the TCM hosts because all three, three of them um, allowed my students to interview them. So it was pretty cool because I had a class one year obsessed with movies. So I got Ben, Dave and Alicia the kids interviewed the three of them. It was, it was great. Together or individually? Individually. And it's funny when all kids, when we all had to be home from March to June, 2020, when no one can go to school and we just, you know, learned from home. Um, 
Alicia came into our classroom. I'm home. I'm at home. Everyone's in their home. Alicia's in our home, and Alicia did it for us. So, um, wow. Yeah. So they got to know all three TCM hosts, and they're all the three of them are just great people. What was your process in terms of reaching out to uh, these for uh, these uh, subjects for your class? Did they? Uh, did you have a form letter, or did you just go back to that young boy that you were? I went, yeah, that young boy um, quality of getting people's attention. It was the same thing, basically. And when you do get to meet certain people and know certain people, it becomes a little bit easier to get them to notice you. So I was thankful for that. Um, but when we were home, those four months, like I said, Alicia did it for us. And my, my they love movies so much, they love the movie Herbie Rides Again. Old oh. <laughs> Disney film with Helen Hayes, Ken Berry, and Stephanie Powers. So I told Stephanie Powers, she said, of course I'll talk to them. And we were all home at the time. You know, we were all in lockdown. And what a thrill to have Stephanie Powers coming all into our homes during lockdown. Well, how wonderful it is to get those yeses. Uh, mm -hmm. That's what I focus on. Um, the no's, right. you know, everyone has their reasons. Um, was there one that you, you don't have to mention a name, but someone that you really, really wanted who just said no to you? Well, it came to sometimes not getting a response or we got a response, a very kind response, which we appreciated. Mm -hmm. We mm -hmm. got a no response. We really appreciated them contacting us and saying, you know, they're so proud of what we're doing and that we're in school every day and keeping safe. So Lin-Manuel Miranda, um, Betty Buckley, the, the nicest of notes. So we appreciated that. And then some people would just ignore us and one or two would ask for a fee. But uh, yeah, it's interesting. Um, I've got a question here from Dee again. Uh, I will bring this up here. And she says, did you ever get someone on for a student who is really inspired by them? Um, the Okay, so there was a movie about Mr. Rogers, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Okay. So they had interviewed Matthew Reese. I got to know Matthew Reese when I did the TV show, The Americans. And really nice guy. So, um, so he portrayed this journalist in the movie. We got the real journalist who it, who it's based on for the kids to interview. And it really inspired one boy in my class who was who wants to be a writer. So he got to see how an actor portrayed this real person. And um, we got both of them for the kids to interview. So that was very inspiring. And then there's just certain people that they interview that they just, I mean, they interviewed Maureen McCormick and Barry Williams from the Brady Bunch. So I was like, that was super cool. You know, that's wonderful. That's and um, um, we weren't allowed to go anywhere. And we would when they ate their lunch, we would watch I Love Lucy every day. So they saw every episode of I Love Lucy the entire school year. And, and it then, still holds up. And it still holds up. And then they got to interview little Ricky, Keith Thibodeau. He said, I will do it. And then they got to interview Lucy Arnaz. I mean, you know, the daughter of the, of the two of them. So it's... um. I'm very lucky. I, I look, think back and I look at it and I'm like, how did this happen? I, I Because you, you made, you showed up. That's how it happened. I showed up every day. And of you're, course. It's, you're right. It's to you, John, uh, if it wasn't you, you know, they, 
there may have been more no's, but they said yes. So I want to do some wind down questions just for the fun. Uh, fun okay. of it. Um, so I begin by uh, door number one, door number two, or door number three. I could choose. Let's go for two. Number two. And the question is, um, and this is a statement and just finish this. My actions are intentional and they bring me closer to my goals. You mentioned earlier manifestation and I believe that manifestation, I look, I'm writing a show now about my life in this business. And as I've been writing this, I realize the people that I become friends, the people that I got to know, um, that I really put it out there that that's really what I desired in my life. And I made it happen. And obviously you've made it happen as well. So I'd like you to talk about your thoughts on creating the life that you've created. You were mentioning before about, you know, sometimes we have to accept the word no. And I'm, I'm able to, I'm able to accept it, but I don't take no the first time maybe. I, 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 you know, I push the no a little bit mm. and yeah, you push it a little bit and you see something could happen. Maybe you'll get a firmer no, or maybe you'll get okay. Or a softer you know? no. <laughs> or a softer no. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'll, you know, I, and I'll, I'll push with some reasoning behind it. I just won't say, oh, I won't say, oh, come on. No, I, you can't say that. I give reasons why you should, oh, come on. And 95% of the time it works. I agree. I totally really agree. Uh, and I thank you for saying yes to Rose. So thank you of for course. that. Absolutely. Uh, so I want to, uh, Howard Tucker, and I talk about this a lot because he gave me a great calendar and it's uh, a calendar of um, uh, be kind every day. And I truly believe in this. Um, and I'm just going to read a statement and I just want to know, uh, just go with the answer. Okay. Uh, it says, put a bird feeder in your yard uh, or outside your window. Do you take the time to really sit and enjoy, or are you always on the go? I'm always more on the go, taking the time to sit back and take a good look at things. Um, I'm trying to become more aware of, but I'm still in that mode of always on the go, like, What's the next thing? Um, who's the next guest on the podcast? Uh, what's the next book going to be about? Um, but I do have my downtime. I love movies. So I'll go sit myself in a movie theater. And I, I know how to relax that way. With television, I, I'm a big fan of like old TV shows. I go back to the old ones. And I know how to find my calm, quiet time. So it, it's, it's a good mixture. I think... Um, yeah, it's it's 60, 40, 60, you know, go, 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 and 40, or all right, you know, take time to enjoy the view. Good for as, you. As they say. Uh, as they say. I love that. Um, and along the same uh, line, the next question goes along with what I just asked you. When was the last time that you really saw a beautiful sunset and really enjoyed it? Um, hmm. I would probably say in the fall. Yeah. I mean, I, I, the fall is my favorite season. Mm -hmm. So, and I like going for a walk. So, I mean, nowadays, if the weather's decent, which it's been a mild winter. Um, Thank God for that. I yeah. mean, 
when I think about what some people in this country have gone through over the last five weeks mm -hmm. uh, and the world, actually. Exactly. We are lucky. We are yeah. so lucky. Yeah. But I would say probably the fall. Um, if I go for a walk at a certain time, you see the sunset. Yeah. As we get older, as we mature, um, you have to take the time to uh, stop and look and just appreciate things. I mean, I appreciate everything that's happened so far and um and what will come my way i'm i think if you put things out into the universe i i it helps i really think it does and too. yeah and be good be kind to one another and uh, it'll come back to you with the work that you're doing now uh with your podcast and with your youtube channel uh, what's your favorite tool that you use to get the word out about what you do? Um, you mean uh, in social media? Social media? Have a oh, yeah, yeah um, Twitter and Facebook. Um, I'm not a big Instagram person. I just started it not mm -hmm. too long ago because people say, oh, go on Instagram. But I have a big following on Twitter. I mean, mm -hmm. just look up my name or at Cooking with Mr. C um, and Facebook. And you just get to meet a lot of people. And, and and we're all so connected. I, over the past couple of years, you keep meeting more people. And it's like, well, I know that person. And I, oh, you know that person? And I, I said to somebody today, I'm trying to get someone on my show. And I don't know if it's going to happen. And the person I was talking to, we just started talking about other things. It just happens, you might. And then we just saw how many people we have in common. So, um, but yeah, it's, um, and like I said, the podcast up next with John Contratti. Is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Buzzsprout, Stitcher. It's all out there. Well, if you let me know privately who it is that you're trying to get on, I may be able to help you. So okay. maybe. <laughs> oh, I, oh, I got a list, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, we, and we pretty much have talked about this, but uh, I'm going to ask you again and okay. reiterate where you were at think of five years old. Okay. What career did you think that you would have? when you were five years old? And do you feel that you had the career that you envisioned at that age? Well, as a five-year-old, I thought I was going to be a teacher and that happened. I mean, it was a 31 year career. And, but as I got a little bit older, I still wanted to be a teacher, but I liked the entertainment business. I wanted to know these people. You know, I, I tell my students all the time, I said, if we need to know their names, they need to know our names. Amen. I agree with that. So if Richard Skipper needs to, I need to know his name. He needs to know my name. And we do now. <laughs> and, we, and we do now. Um, so you are a creator. What does your creativity give to you? I guess it's just like a general joy. It's a joyous feeling when you get to spend time with pretty much anybody but when it's something that you've always wanted since a child to meet and get to know some of your icons, I guess, some of the people you grew up with. I mean, as I, I have a friend, her name is Shari. She always says to me, do you understand what you're doing? Do you see how surreal this is? All the people that we grew up going to the movies to see and watch, you know, and watching on television are now, some of these people are your friends. And I'm like, yeah. It, no. you know, and years ago, I was always a little nervous meeting certain people and not at all. 
I'm not, not at all, right? You know, not at all. It's like they're they're just like us. Have I? We'll we'll talk later. Have I met a few people that were not so nice? Yeah, absolutely. There are a few out you know there. What I say about that? Everybody has a bad day, and right? You caught them in a bad moment. Uh, right. But, but but when you hear about th they've had bad moments with a lot of other people you meet and you know, then you know it's not you. It, it, it's not their bad day. It's it's them. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Yeah. And you can't take it personally. You just can't. Right. No, no. Um, so um, again, from Howard's uh, calendar, uh, I'm going to ask, you know, one last question. Uh, with everything that you've done, um, do you believe in having a bucket list and what's on that bucket list? That's a good question. Well, as I mentioned earlier, I turned down a role, which people thought I was nuts to do in, in, in a film, which is, it's a big deal. Um, I would like to be on in a few things that are well, filmed. Let's back up for a moment. You have your reasons or do you want to talk about those reasons? for uh, why? It, it was a timing. Um, elderly parent, you know, it's some of those things where you, you know, you're going to be far away. And I mean, you know, everything's good. You know, my mom is great and stuff like that, but you just worry about certain things. So, I mean, I appreciated the offer. As I said, it was to play a teacher in a motion picture. Um, but it, the timing was just not right. But, and I appreciate it, but my bucket list, I would really like to do something here in New York. I mean, like you said before, I would just do walk-on stuff, um, the Royal Pains, the Americans. I mean, I've done little things like that, flawless back 99. Um, I'd like to be on the Gilded Age. I would love mm. to be on that show or and just like that. I mean, something New York-based. Yeah. If I could get on something New York-based, just a part, you know, uh, that would be a bucket list. I would love to see you take those elements of what you did in that classroom with young kids and build that into something bigger so that we can see the process of these kids being able to ask these celebrities the questions that these right. kids ask. You I would have given anything to have been able to be in those classrooms. Yeah, it was, um, it was pretty great. I mean, when word got out on who was going to be in my classroom, I mean, it was the bus of the building, everyone peeking in my classroom. I mean, I showed them the original Willy Wonka movie with Gene Wilder. Mm -hmm. And then a week later, they're interviewing two of those kids from that movie. So it was it's, it's just amazing. It, it amazes me. But it's the kindness of all these people who said yes. Well, John, I say thank you. Thank you for the gifts that you've given to the world and that you continue to give. Uh, you. Keep doing what you're doing. It's all great. Um, I'm going to give my closing comments. Sure. Hour flew for me. I hope you had a nice time today. I did have a great time. I Thank you great for time with you. having me and everyone for listening. Thank you. Me. Thank you, all, everyone, for being here. Uh, I'm going to give my final word, and then I'm going to turn it over to you, and you've got the final word tonight. It could be about anything that we spoke about that you want to build upon anything that we didn't talk about that you wish we had, or just any final message that you want to leave everyone with tonight. Um, everyone, thank you for being here. Uh, and as we go for the next 40 days and 40 nights, uh, let's all do a lot of introspection, regardless of whether you're religious or spiritual 
uh, or Catholic or Jewish or Buddhist or anything. Just take this time over the next 40 days and 40 nights just to do some introspection and think about what it is that you all bring to the table, uh, food and otherwise. Um, each day, as you all know, I pull a word. And the word that I pulled this morning was spectacular. That describes John. Um, he's spectacular because he lives his authentic self. He's done what he's desired to do with his life. The other night I watched an interview uh, with Jane Fonda. I don't know if you saw it or not on CNN uh, with Chris Wallace. Yeah. And it was, did you see it? She, she got very emotional with her, about her father too, she got right? Very emotional. But I the didn't. thing that what I loved her saying was that she wasn't afraid of dying because she felt that she had done so much, but that if it did get to the end and there were unresolved things, that that would be the things that she would regret. Right. That was what jumped out at me. And I think that each and every day we have the opportunity, we can think about it or we can do it. Get out and do it. I mean, John is a perfect example of this. Uh, just get out and do those things that are gonna make you happy. And again, with John saying yes to Rose uh, and uh, being here tonight, it's very easy to go through life. Uh, I'm reading Shonda Rhimes' book now, uh, The Year of Saying Yes. Um, say yes more than no. Show up. Be there. Um, as you all know, I end every show by telling everyone to go out and do something nice for somebody else without expecting anything in return. Pick up the phone and call someone that you haven't spoken to in a while and let that person know how they matter to you. Uh, as a dear friend says, we're all in this together, but we're not in the same boat. And someone else said, we're all in the same storm, but we're in different size boats. I don't care if you're in a yacht, a raft, a canoe, uh, or a sailboat, or if you're pushing uh, a tugboat upstream, Whatever boat you're on, just make sure that you have a skipper by your side. And with that, I'm going to leave the screen. And John, I'm turning it over to you. And you always have a place at my table. Thank, thank you, you for being here tonight. Thank you. So I just want to say thank you to Richard and Rose and everyone tuning in tonight to watch me. What do you want to watch me for? Um, just do what you want to do. Do what you like. That's what I do all the time. And... Uh, as you heard, it uh, it pays off. It works really well. So um, thanks for listening, everybody. And thanks again, Richard. And I hope everyone is uh, has a great spring out there. Hopefully the weather will stay nice. Take care, everybody. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.